Cheers. Damn you, old man. Wade. Yeah, if I was gonna like do like a video one, I would let you know like a month ahead of time. I'm not just gonna be like, hey, so by the way. <laughs> so welcome to the welcome to the classy cast. Um I'm drinking a bottle of wine out of the bottle. Uh and my homie shenanigan. And my homie shenanigan, she got her PJs on with an Ewok in the back and her Wonder Woman mug. Oh yeah. Classy with a K. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So, I have some fun stuff, but before we get into the fun stuff, how are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty effing good. And we haven't, I don't know if you were tattooing at the time, the last time you were on the show, which was like, I I forget what we were talking about, but I'm pretty sure you weren't tattooing. So, tell everyone where they can find the stuff that you're doing, because you're you're heavy on TikTok, and I love the yes. Halloween stuff you did, which was fantastic. Thank you. I am uh, learning to walk on stilts this year because next year's theme is Carn Evil, and I have an idea of what I want to be. So <laughs> I am today. This year's uh, task is learning how to walk on stilts, so I can be extra for next year. We had three thousand trick or treaters, by the way. Jesus Christ! But well, you know what's funny? So people should also know that you can juggle. Yeah, <laughs> I can. My parents were clowns, professional clowns, so which is, I can do a lot of weird tricks. Which I can ride fun. a unicycle. You can? Yeah, I can. I can make blue animals. The whole, the whole mind. It's yeah. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> how, how are you going to bring up the fact that your parents were professional clowns? You can. I bring up that you can juggle. Then you bring up that I can bring a. You can. You can ride a unicycle, and then go. Don't talk about it, huh? It's. <laughs> so embarrassing you don't understand no it was so embarrassing because i was the kid like i'd go to school and the kids would be like oh my god was that your dad riding the unicycle i saw him yeah that was my dad riding the unicycle around around town no fuck them kids (laughs) (laughs) fuck those kids like what what i'm i'm only a bit money now that they're like i wish my dad rode a unicycle I'm be- I'm be- I would bet money that all those kids who talked all that shit wish that wishes their dad could dr- could um ride a motorcycle. Like my dad, like my dad is. I'm not sure if he's a janitor or a custodian. I can't remember which one he is. But I was like quote unquote embarrassed. I was embarrassed by it. But I got older and I'm like, he brought in a lot of fucking money. Like being a custodian and all that stuff. Yeah, we were really poor and they used to clown on the weekends at the zoo because my father worked at the zoo as well and so they would just make extra cash on the weekends by you know clowning making blue animals juggling that kind of stuff and bringing in cash so you know you do what you gotta do but that's that's another thing though that's another thing to be proud of like just the fact that they would hustle like that because some people don't some people just like eh fuck it what's the worst that could happen you know what i mean right and they know they put they work for it because they <laughs> they had a four mouths to feed so you do what you gotta do for real but, it, but now i understand why you get the hustle you do because even when it's just like the uh comicopia stuff and making because i remember before i went to comicopia like yeah they had their business but like when you really went in there became a manager and started bringing in more clientele and different kind of clientele like the average person can't do that 
we brought in, I mean, we started the tradition of marching in pride and, you know, I mean, we did the 24 hour comics day events and, you know what I mean? We expanded that. I just, I have no chill. <laughs> and yeah, but and you know what I mean? And that could, and you could probably trace that directly back to your parents. And I think that is, I think that is so damn cool. Like honestly, but yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. So the hustle now is 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 tattooing. I actually, again, because I don't know how to not be extra. Like I don't have enough on my plate right now. Um, generally, I book about three months out for my tattoos. I pierce as well, and I just fit the piercings and around the tattoos where I have time. Um, but um, a friend of mine, uh, niece wants tattoos, but she's ten. Okay, and so uh, we got to, we're getting together. Um, I've been looking into that ink box stuff, which is, it's basically like henna, just not henna, um, but it's got a developer patch, um, but it's like a, like, you know, you can draw it on and the tattoo stays for a couple of weeks. So we're going to have her come into the shop. I'm going to, you know, shave her arm, put the stencil on, do like the whole nine, show her what it's going to be like when she gets it, talk about how, you know, how the tattoo is going to feel and things like that. And then I'm going to give her a, a, temporary tattoo um and and do that so i'm kind of i kind of i'm thinking i want to make a tiktok about it and kind of have that as an option for people who one want a tattoo but aren't sure if they want that placement or if they don't want that permanence that can give them something to have for like you know a couple of weeks to see if they like it or for people who have sensory issues or you you know what I mean? Who who want the want the look of it, but not for forever. Um, I think this would be a good option. So I'm trying it out on myself first. I just got my pen in last week, so I'm gonna try it out on myself first to make sure it's supposed to. Be, it's all vegan, and I just want to make sure I'm the person that has all the allergies. So if I don't have an allergic reaction to it, everyone should be good to go. But I'm gonna test it out on myself first before I do it for anybody else. But I kind of I love the idea that she's not um, tamping down her niece's excitement over something like this but it's trying to foster it but in a safe way you know show her what it's actually going to be like and you know give her the experience without giving her the experience because she's too young so i thought that was kind of cool so that's what i'm doing right now that's super it's super dope like you know what I'm saying? like a 10 year old you go to school and be like i got a tattoo and even if it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks like mm-hmm. it's kind of dope like it's especially with Things not things are leaving social norms now. Like you're, I was having a conversation with someone about marriage, and we were discussing like, like, well, so why did me and my wife get married? And there was a lot that went into it. Like you know, obviously there's the love, but like we didn't need a piece of paper or the government intruding in our in our relationship to same say, friend. Yeah, like to say that we loved each other, but we did it, and a lot of it had to do with if something was to happen to me my wife um, makes the decision. So that was the legal part of it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, But overall, like, it was really just a celebration of our love. Now, we didn't get married in a church. We got married at a farm. We Side of a mountain. Yeah. And it's it's so cool because, like, those are the, like, real memorable ones. And I'm seeing more of that now. More people are doing it outside. More people are doing having weddings or smaller weddings in places that are private and intimate. And this wasn't like this 30 years ago. Now you have tattoos. I remember when, again, me and my wife first started dating, she had to hide the couple of tattoos that she had with a Band-Aid because she worked at a hospital. 
they just uh, uh, raised the restrictions at Ball State. Uh, and we, I mean, we've been tattooing nurses for years, but we got a huge influx a couple of years ago because they finally lifted the restrictions on visible tattoos for nursing. But I think that, I think that I heard that, <clears throat> I heard a, it's 86% of 18 to 46 year olds are pierced and tattooed now. So it's not nearly as, as, taboo and strange and you know as it as it was and it also isn't under the table it's all regulated now you've got the health department involved you know what i mean it's not what it was so that negative connotation that you're a gangster or you're you know seedy or you're this or that i think that's all bold anyway exactly and so that's what I'm, i'm loving about a lot of these norms and that there's they just don't really exist anymore and over the last, I want to say five years, I've led up, I've met more than a few polyamorous people and learning about like, you know, like the idea that sex doesn't have, sex doesn't really have, doesn't need to have anything to do with love. It can be infatuation. It can be lust. It can be all sorts of things. You can be attracted to more than one people. You can be in love with more than one person, but even if you, if you, yeah, I'm sorry, but if you ha- if you say sex is part of the equation, that completely erases asexual people, people who are gray, people who are aromantic. Like if you're just saying that, you know what I mean? Like it's yes. just exactly. But see, and there you go. There's more to it than that. And the idea that even with polyamory, there are rules. Like you know what I mean? I forget who said it to me, but there was like you can cheat in a polyamorous relationship if you oh you could all of absolutely cheat. Like the idea that you can't is silly because it's a it's still a relationship you still have every relationship has a structure right whether it's a kinky relationship a vanilla relationship there are still structures in place there is agreed upon um uh it's agreed upon respect right there's this there's i mean i know there's the assumption in a lot of relationships as well that like oh we're talking so you're not talking with other people i do think that that needs to be verbalized and clarified but there are still assumptions that you know either this is just with between us or whatever and i think there's a difference between open relationships swinging and polyamory but a lot of those times those things overlap but when you're poly, it's multiple relationships, right? So it's multiple people that you are involved with in a romantic capacity, whatever that looks like for you. But if anyone lies, you can absolutely still lie and cheat. Yeah. Even in that same structure. And I actually think that that says more about the person, about the fact that they, when you have the world is your oyster and you can go and and talk to and be with anyone you want, but you choose the lie that that's what you're getting off on, right? Like you're getting off on the secrecy, the lying, the doing it behind other people's backs. That's what's tripping your trigger. And that's not fair to do to anybody. Yeah. And that's where it, like the word cheating comes from. People always think cheating as just stepping out on the person you're with, but like, no, there's more to cheating. And then just that, like, if I withhold information from my wife about something, she could call that cheating. And she'd be completely justified to it because it's something that would hurt her. Now, there was no, when me and Valkyrie got together, there was no, um, well, what do you think kind of things because she laid everything right on the table. This is what I don't like. This is what I do like. These are things I will not tolerate. These are things I will not forgive. And 
I really do feel that because because more people are having these conversations and they're being more honest with each other, a lot of these, I'm not going to say stupid norm, but a lot of the social norms and the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and all the other stuff is getting thrown out the window. Like, I don't want kids. I haven't wanted kids in decades. And now that's becoming a thing where more people have just been like, I'm okay with I, just... I think that, that Gen Z is uh, really responsible for a lot of pulling this stuff out. Because the thing is, poly people have existed for forever, right? Polyamorous yes. people have existed for forever. Um, kinky people have existed. Queer people have existed. Um, I think it's just opening up and, and, and talking about it. There's a dialogue about it happening that wasn't happening before. Because there's all these things existed. Um, I, I, I think that they're just now being more talked about. Yes, and that and that's that's a beautiful thing, I, and I think communication is in any relationship, whether it be romantic or friend friend wise, like communication is the thing that can make or break any relationship. Like right, because there's not one size fits all on anything. Like mm -hmm. it, everything is customizable. So what your relationship structure looks like to you can a hundred percent. You get to determine what those limits are. You get to decide what all that is. Perfect example. Um, we'll take me and Lavelle. And me and my buddy Javi, me and Lavelle share porn. <laughs> like you know what, I, like you know what I mean. Yep. But yep. my buddy, my buddy Javi feels weird about me sharing porn, so I don't. So if I started sharing videos with him, that's a violation of our friendship. Correct, right? Because that's a limit that he doesn't want, and you're respecting his limits. That's that. That's all that is. It's the respect of your friendship and what that person's love language is, right? So you're yes. just meeting each other. You're meeting each other in a way that works for both of you. If the dog barks, the dog barks. I'm not. I'm not stressing. It's not like. Sorry, I'm trying to get her. She, it's a puppy, and she is uh, <laughs> energized all of the time. Sorry. Uh, oh, I completely understand. You, you've seen Scarlet, right? Yeah, I have. I've seen pictures. <laughs> <laughs> My doofy puppy. I love her. Um. So we actually, it's funny. We talked about all of the stuff you do, but we didn't even get into where they can find you. I know you're on TikTok. Uh, Yes, uh, shenanigans creations on basically everything: um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I am Flora Borislam, and uh, you're, I'm sorry, you're what? Flora Borislam. <laughs> Flora Borislam. I come up. Um, it also says shenanigans on there, but oh, okay. Yeah, because I know but, I've seen the videos, and like that, I'm not gonna lie. That one with the the spider with the eyes. Dude, okay, I'm so excited about that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I worked for three months on that, um, on the Demon Spider cosplay. And I'm so lucky to have partners who are willing and able to support my crazy because yeah. I I had three victims that it <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. I worked really hard on that cosplay. But I made those eyeballs. I worked, it was months, it was months in the making. I'm really glad it turned out. But I, for for as long as I've known you, you've really put in work when on that. I'm, the first one I remember was Harley Quinn. Uh, another one that popped to, uh, popped to my head recently was when you work at GameStop and you went as Kratos. Yes. Do you remember my God of War though? Back in the day, yeah. uh, not God of War. Um, um, I did. I did my Kratos. Sorry, you 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 got me off track um, with the Kratos. No, my um, Afro Samurai way back in the day i don't know if you remember that one i did really good after samurai we did it for anime boston i don't think but i remember it was like 20 years ago jesus <laughs> i don't think i remember afro samurai i <laughs> one of my favorites i think was <laughs> you guys it was you 
uh, Maggie and Angela with his like Victorian like it was like yeah <laughs> the big wig the giant with the dresses, dresses. Yeah. <laughs> I love my cosplay, okay? I'll I'll go hard for costume. It was so funny because we go to Virginia every year um to go be actors at my friend's house. Um because they the guys who did um you know Universal Horror Nights uh made the facade for their house. It turns their whole house into like a haunted mansion and we're actors um in their yard. I literally drive to Virginia every year just to go be an actor in their yard. Um but they also do a have a Halloween party. So that spider costume or creation that I made, I was like, I would I would have done this anyway just for the pictures. The fact that I have a party to go to afterwards makes it even better. Oh yeah. That's that's fucking dope. So before we get into the reason that I had called I wanted you to do the show, we were supposed to record last week. Yes. And as we were talking, we had this conversation about the either or, and I do these sometimes, but this particular either or involves the person you'd have sex with and where you'd have sex with them. Right. You you upped it you upped it up. You I mean you you rose rose the bar here. So I got bored last night at work and I have eight of them. Okay. All right. I was sitting at work and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. All right, here we go. Would you rather have sex with Storm in the sky over the Bahamas or Wonder Woman on a tree in Themyscira? Okay. Themyscira means more women, which is awesome. But I'm allergic to trees, so Storm. I'm going to have to go. Because I've always wanted to have, like, zero T, like, gravity sex so i'm gonna say storm in the air namor in atlantis or thor in asgard oh just for the record i actually made sure to put put this in there pegging is an option with every guy oh perfect okay yeah namor i'm gonna peg the (laughs) shit out of namor let's do that (laughs) i am so down i wonder if i can call this episode pegging namor (laughs) uh Lestat in a coffin in New Orleans or Vampira in a tomb in New Orleans? Vampira, 100%. Ben Grimm in the Baxter building or Johnny Storm in a nightclub? Nightclubs are gross. Grimm. Uh, you know what's funny? I knew night. I knew you were going to say nightclubs are gross, but I wasn't sure if that was going to be a good thing or a bad thing. So- <laughs> <laughs> um, fin Fang Foom on top of the Death Star. Or Frankenstein's monster in the Millennium Falcon. Fing Fing Foom. Thousand percent. Don't even care. <laughs> we'll fuck that shit up. Let's go. Let's go, Fing Fing Foom. Uh, Cleopatra in Egypt or Padme on Alderaan? Uh, I do want to see Alderaan, but I will be a footstool for Cleopatra. So it's going to be Cleopatra. Yo, can I tell you, I just found out the term step on me queen <laughs> so, i didn't yeah, know uh-huh. i didn't yeah. know this phrase existed and i was recorded with a homie of mine and she called emma frost to step on me queen and i was like uh-huh. what and she didn't even have to explain what it meant because as soon nope. as she said it i was like got it mm-hmm. you know how people are like mommy sorry mommy sorry yeah step on yeah. me queen. yep uh-huh 
this one I thought might be the most difficult, but I kind of realized it'll probably be the easiest. Okoye in front of the Dora Milaje in Wakanda or Emma Frost in the danger nope. room. Fuck Emma. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> no. Step on me, queen. Listen, listen. Smash my head. Use me in any way. I will gladly sacrifice my life for those those beautiful women. No, nope. Yeah. No. I, Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Under thousand percent. All right, so let, me, so, let me, so let me switch it up then. So what if it's Domino from Deadpool 2 in front of the Dora Milaje or Okoye in the danger room in front of in front of Jean Grey in Storm? Oh! an audience? Okay. Okay. Am I just Okoye slut in this situation? Or am I topping Domino is the real question. And this is hard for my switchy brain right now. <laughs> uh, in front of the door melange, I feel like I'm going to have to perform. But if I can just be a bottom pillow princess for Okoye, then... <laughs> Damn it! Can I have both? Can I have both? I will, I, will, I, will, I, I will allow it. <laughs> Thank you. And, and la- I should have saved that one for last. This one's so Morticia Adams in a haunted mansion or Laura Croft in a tomb. Oh, oh, Morticia, one thousand percent Morticia. Oh, you know it's going to be weird and fun. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I am torture me, please. Like you, like you come home. There's like a bed of like oh, roses yeah. with the heads cut off, and yes, yes, uh, like on a bed of nails. I'm here for it. Let's go, let's go. You know, oh my god, did you watch one sweet blood play? Oh yeah, marathon that crap. So, I thought it was about when I before I went in. Uh, Valkyrie goes, "Hey, the Wednesday shows up." I'm like, "Word," and so we're talking about it. I go, "Wait, I thought it was like Adult Wednesday Adams." With a kid, she goes, No, it's about a new age Wednesday Adam. It may have been my favorite show of the year. I know, and it makes me angry that it's so good because of how problematic Tim Burton is and how much he doesn't like black people. And of course, your antagonist is a black woman and her mom sucks balls too. So I was a little bit salty about that. Um, but I'm with you. I loved it. The only thing I really, the only person I didn't think portrayed, um, the characters well was um Catherine Zeta Jones as Morticia. I just she always read as Catherine Zeta Jones to me. Like I never fell into her character. Mm. And when an actor pulls me out and I don't like I see the actor and not the character, that always is like a detractor for me. Yes. I just like she, I just only saw her as Catherine Zeta Jones. But other than that, like I really liked it. I really liked the choices they made. I liked how sarcastic it was. Um, yes. I like the the setting that they did, like the set choices, and I just really thought it was well done. The lot little nods uh, for fans, like the double snap, um, when they ring the bell in the coffee shop and you rang, like all that little yeah. stuff, like was really well done. I thought, and I didn't realize that they even went as far as the dude they picked. I can never remember his name, who played Gomez, is more looks more like the original comic book character yes. than it did. That and I didn't, I didn't realize it because I'm in yeah, he, was like she was like no this is what he looked like originally and I was like no the the TV series she was like no it was a comic no yeah so I looked and it up I was like okay it was also created to be the antithesis of all of the 
um, uh, the shows at the time, all of the, like the rom-coms and the sitcoms with the family dynamic, this was created to be the exact opposite of that. So you notice it's a husband and wife who desperately are madly in love with each other because most sitcom marriages, they, the couples hate each other, right? Um, that it was like, you know, a dark mansion and the kids were kooky versus like your, you know, uh, football playing son and your cheerleader daughter. The whole thing was supposed to be like a flip on its head of like, it's a counterculture thing. And I, and I still will say to this day, Morticia and Gomez are the healthiest on-screen couple that show a uh, positive open BDSM dynamic ever to date. Like they are couple goals. Um, they, I, agree. I I think that they show uh, positive masculinity in Gomez, especially in the nineties. Adam's family and Adam's family values. You'll notice when Gomez has problems with his brother Fester, instead of taking it out on his family, he goes downstairs and plays with his trains and processes emotions and like <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? Like he goes and he does it in a safe, healthy way. He does it, it's destructive because he's playing with trains and he's blowing stuff up, but he doesn't take it out on his family. He goes and recognizes that there's something going on with himself. He goes and seeks therapy. And he processes his stuff without taking on his family. Like they are literally the antithesis of your standard model of, you know, I hate my ball and chain, you know? Um, And I think that's, I think we need more of that. Absolutely. There, there, there's no way that I'm glad that people are getting away from the Joker, Harley Quinn relationship goals because it's never actually been relationship goals. Morticia and Gomez have always been there. And one of the things I loved about their relationship is how you never really seen Gomez frown ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was like super like submissive. It was like, you could tell she probably cradles him and he's just like the happiest person in the world. Like he like adores her. She adores him. He like, you know what I mean? Like he's, I don't want to say effeminate, but he's, he's. No, he's a, it, it, it's a, he's, not emasculated by, by her strength yes and there's and i'm noticing i'm noticing this um trend of really smart beautiful capable women with like himbos real cute but like not real <laughs> top but i realize it's because the the men aren't aren't um intimidated by them they just worship them right like they're not they're not they're not challenged by their intelligence and their strength they just love them. Like they just worship the ground that she walks on. And I'm like here for this pairing. Like give me the the smart, strong lady and the himbo like all day long. <laughs> I'm here for it. You literally described me and me and Valkyrie's relationship. <laughs> Cause you remember me when I was a himbo and you know how my wife is. Like and it's I I do as much as I can with what I can because like she's she is the most amazing woman I've ever met in my life. And I was gonna take a picture at Hooters and go look at this alpha out at Hooters with her with her husband. <laughs> yes, but I love that. Like I love that pairing because there needs to be more of that. Just respect instead of it being a challenge, instead of it being a competition. I mean, there's an entire industry in the wedding industry that's like ball and chain stuff, right? That bachelor party of it's being the last day you know it's your last day of freedom like 
why you're going to enter into something that feels like you're being chained and limited is beyond me. Like, I don't. And that, to normalize that, like, there's wedding cake toppers where the bride is literally dragging the groom onto the cake. And, like, that's a thing. And it's <sighs> funny if, depending on the setting, like, if I did it, it would be funny because everyone knows it's not the case. But, like, sometimes it gets overly done because it's and back it's to, real yeah and back to the original conversation of these the norms that we grew up with like you know what i mean like i always loved al and peggy's relationship and married with children because at no point in time did either one of them cheat on each other like you know what i mean like it was it toxic absolutely they were just the worst to each other but honestly if you look back at it it was essentially just foreplay like you know what i mean it's, <laughs> it's different but I, mean, I just think I, there's things that you can do that's like physical that you can cheat like, again cycling back you can cheat without it being physical yeah and that's oh my god and i'm talking to valkyrie about how an emotional like cheating on someone emotionally is could be actually worse than a physical oh, a thousand percent i remember right in the very beginning when jason and i were still long distance and i was like yo if you uh if you, you know, are out and drinking and having a good time and, you know, you hit it off with somebody and you guys want to go hook up, just call me first. And he was like, what trick is this? And I'm like, no, really, just call me first. Because, <laughs> like, really, he thought I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? This is, this is just, uh, this is a trap, right? But I, I the reason I would want to know is multiple front. One, it gives, makes sure that I am aware of what's going on with him, but also, um, if you call me first, I can tell how drunk you are, how safe you're going to be. Do you guys have condoms? How inebriated is he? Is consent going to actually happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, it, it's more than just, you know, hey, I want to be tuned in and make sure I know that you're being safe. But like, I really do want to make sure that you're being safe. It's not because I get it. Physical attraction happens. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand that, but I just want to be informed. Yeah. It's all about not lying, you know. But everybody has their own limits, right? Exactly. Like, I, for example, like. Valkyrie doesn't mind if I go to the strip clubs. Like, I don't, but I'm also not there once a month anymore. I'm not there. Hell, if I go twice a year, I'm shot. But she she also goes with me sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Depending, like, so I remember my, at my bachelor party, it was funny as hell. Um, every, all the, everyone's out doing something and I'm in the corner texting her. And she's like, shouldn't you be, she's like, shouldn't you be getting a lap dance right now? I was like, eh. <laughs> like, I go, and so we had a conversation about, she goes, if you're not really in, to strip clubs and get lap dances. Why do you go to strip clubs? I'm like, because there's titties out while I drink. <laughs> what it is? If you're um, going for the view. Yeah, I'm going for the view, and I end up tipping the bar. There's no way the bartender doesn't get easily get fifty bucks just from me alone. Not even the table. Like she gets fifty bucks mm -hmm. from me alone. I spend more at the bar, give the than the than the actual stripper. So, but that's what it is. All right. So let me start off by saying this. A month and a half ago, I get a uh, Valkyrie and I get a text from her niece. And she goes, have you seen Interview with a Vampire? Now, she's, a, she's about 12 years younger than us, I want to say. So we're thinking, well, excuse me, I'm thinking she's talking about the movie. And I'm like, yeah, of course I've seen it. And then Valkyrie goes, no, apparently there's a show on AMC. And I go... I don't have AMC. 
barely, I'm, not, I'm not watching commercials. I watch TV like a peasant. What is wrong with you? So, <laughs> so, um, my grandmother then said something to me about it, and she was like, "It's a whole new take on this. Um, it's they keep some of the original of the movie and bring and add it to the show." So I get AMC, and I couldn't believe how good this show was. Finally finished the show. I was kind of mad that it was only like eight episodes or something like that because I wanted it. I was like, can we just, just if you get AMC through Prime, right? Like if you get it through your Prime, like you buy it on, you know, Amazon, you get AMC Plus. AMC owns IFC and Shudder. So you don't have to pay for those streaming services separately. You get all of it in one with AMC Plus. Oh yeah, I have the AM, I have AMC Plus. I have the app. So right. I, so I you get all of it, but that means you get all of Shutter's content too, which is a horror streaming service, and their content is fire. So anybody oh. who's even on the fence with AMC Plus, get all you get all of Shutter's Shutter's content. So if you even kind of like horror, I'm, I can't even. I have a list of movies that I've already seen this year that have been phenomenal. The, send that list over because I I have it. I was debating on keeping it or not, but if oh no, keep it because it's the Shutter content alone. You, yep, yep. Because I bought it for Interview with the Vampire, and I am, and Jason's like another streaming service, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you know, and the fact that we get all of the Shutter content with it, it's worth it. Trust, so, dude. I got, I have a li- I have a list. I got you. So I'm watching this, and I couldn't believe it how how good it was, and I. I'm not sure if I saw something you said on Facebook or if it was something I said on Facebook. We started talking about it, and I was like, I need to have Shannon come on the show so we can talk about this. Okay, question. Have you read the book, though? So we're going to get into that. I have not read the book. Okay. But okay. Fletcher... All right. I, read, I just reread all. I read them all when I was, like, 15 um, because, it, you know, vamp- gay vampires, like, hello. I was going to eat that shit up as a teenager, um, and I just reread them all while I was watching the show. They gave me the itch. So Fletcher, the first time I saw an interview with a vampire, Fletcher put me on. And he had read the books too. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Queen of the Dam was supposed to be part of that series. It and is. I, it's the third book. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he wasn't too happy with the movie and because he's like he loved the books and stuff like that so he was because the third queen of the dam is the best book and they did it is the movie is nothing like it but like Aaliyah, so you know (laughs) Aaliyah alone was worth it so right exactly and so um actually i gotta talk to fletcher see if he's seen it if not i gotta give him my login so watching this so i need to so uh, i watched an interview vampire i absolutely loved it and I'm not a I'm not a big Tom Cruise guy anymore. I haven't been for decades. Oh, yeah, but um, the last time he did something that I absolutely loved, I think was like Vanilla Sky. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. I don't care about Top mm-hmm. Gun. I think Top Gun's the most overrated movie in history. I'm not. I don't care about the new one. Um, but it was he was still really good. But also, I'm a I'm a big Brad Pitt fan. Brad Pitt's in something I want to see. It. Mm-hmm. So I love the movie. Love 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 the movie. The show, though, blows the movie out the water. Oh, yeah. No, the show's absolutely leaps and bounds better than than the movie. Um, they It wasn't hinted at subtext of their relationship. It was absolutely open and in your face. And they even addressed, you know, um, 
they change Louis to be Creole in the show and they acknowledge his dealings with being uh, a black man and, um, you know, being queer. Uh, Lestat is very much pan. It's all about, you know, the person, how they make them feel, you know, parts, not parts. Um, he's just a connoisseur of bodies, basically. Um, but they acknowledge that in the show. And I love that it wasn't subtext anymore, that it was just open. Um, they, for uh, lots of reasons, they aged up Claudia, which I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I uh, because... loved what they did with her. Like, she was just like, oh, my God. My favorite, possibly my favorite part of the series so far was the last chess match she had. And she was like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. And it, Lestat lost his shit. And she was like, ah. and I was like, yo, it, I I couldn't believe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll get to that. No, no, I, I agree. Uh, she is a phenomenal character. I think that the, the whole thing with Claudia's arc is that she's a child vampire, right? Yeah. And I think that, choosing to have a vampire be a teenager which means she's stuck in perpetual puberty right yeah for all of eternity is a very smart move because you could not in the book she's five. Oh my god yeah in the book she's a literal child um so there's no way that they could have done that um in the show um i think the movie did a good job with Kirsten Dunst at the time um because it made people uncomfortable because it was you know people see the the sucking of blood in like a sexual light so to see it from coming from a child gave people really confusing emotions and I think that that played well um but I thought that aging her up made it so that the actor could stay in the show longer have if they choose to but without her aging you know like the kids in Stranger Things are doing <laughs> um or uh, and and it makes it a lot less gross. <laughs> I mean, you still get the the core of the of the problem of this, you know, too young vampire being made um, as a crux to try and fix a broken abusive relationship. Um, I think you still got all of that across without having her be an actual child. Um, but I think you still get the the meat of it, like the the meaning behind it and why it's important character. Uh, and arc in the book and the show I think that they accomplished really well and I don't think it took it detract, it detracts from the show having Louis be Creole as well I think it added to it I think it added layers I love that they show his family yes so he's not just another two-dimensional black character that has no background that's like oh it's the quippy friends that you never see anything about they just show up and give one-liners you know what I mean like yeah. it was more fleshed out and real and I appreciated that well, you bring up the um that part of the character, and especially one of the things I loved in uh, talking to Javi about this, we were talking about Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones, excuse me, House of the Dragons, and how in such a short amount of time you get this character development. In 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 eight episodes, you learn so much about Louis, and one of the things that was sad, but also well done was the abusive relationship, not physically, like the emotional hold that Lestat had on Louis when they were coming up with this plan. And he was like, and he said to, I, I can never remember her name, that- Claudia? Claudia, thank you. That she had, that he was like, 
no matter what you do, I'm going to sabotage this because no matter how bad he treats me, I still love him. And that is something that it's a realistic thing. Like I work at a hospital and sometimes I have to hear things where they say, do you feel safe at home? And there's been times where I've had to go to a, some of the medical staff and go, you need to talk to said patient because their person they're with is just super abusive. And, and sometimes it, sometimes it works. And sometimes it's like, you have to realize that they have to go home with these people, with these people. These are realistic things. And it was, it's always like, and Lestat's always with the whole, like, I'll never do this to you again. When he literally dropped him out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And Claudia it's, had to- It's a, you can't, if I can't have you, nobody can have you thing. Yeah. Um, he's taking out his own insecurities on Louis and making it his problem. And Claudia, who's not romantically attached to Lestat, can see the writing on the wall. But when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, all the flags look red, right? You can't tell the difference. So Louis being in it can't see it. Yeah. And but when it was good, it was honestly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like when they when they first got together, it was honestly beautiful. Like it was a very loving, very sensual thing. They yeah. got each other and they they very much took the Lestat from the rest of the books because the Lestat in book one versus the Lestat in the other books like you could tell Anne Rice kind of fell in love with his character and fleshed him out more through the rest of the books so instead of using interview with the vampire Lestat they took the Lestat from the other books and made okay. him this character in the show that makes because the Lestat in the first book is not the same Lestat that's in the rest of them so how did it compare to the books? Like, did you enjoy it as much? Like, did it, like, were there some things that you just didn't like, or did you just completely enjoy everything that you were seeing? I completely enjoyed it because um, I, I'm a comic book fan, man. You can't go into a movie and expect your comic book, or you're going to hate everything, right? That's it's got to be a what if, right? It's it's a what if. It's an alternate universe. So I just consider it a cinematic universe, or I consider it so that I can enjoy it without picking it apart. So I can appreciate the things that they did add that were from the book um, that I think is going to help the story. But I also enjoyed the different twists. I loved the interviewer being an old man with Parkinson's. Like, that's brilliant. I loved him being an old man with Parkinson's. Like, I loved the, the growth in both of their characters from the first interview into this new one. Like, I absolutely loved that this grizzled old man sees Louie and calls him out on his bullshit every How step of the way. How was that? Every step, every time Louie said some fuck shit, he was like, hold on. And the dude who plays it, his name is Eric Bogosian. I loved him. Like, his voice added so much to the interview. And I'm listening, like, he, it's almost like the perfect radio interview voice. And when anytime was anytime he said some fuck shit, like when he started reading the diaries from Claudia and he was asking questions, he pushed Louie to the exact limit because he knew if he asked one more question, he was gonna die. But because of his illness, he didn't give a shit. He was like, nope. 
like no wife, his kid. I don't know if his kids talk to him or not, but I kind of feel like that's a thing. But like he's just like, I don't have anything left. What, like, and I think he might have said, "What are you gonna do? Kill me?" And it was like he's dying you know, already. Like, wh- yeah. who cares? It was absolutely fearless, and I and I don't know if it would have come off as well if he didn't have an illness illness that made him fearless. Because being fearless with something to lose, I don't know if it has the same effect. Yeah, no, you're right. And I and I think I, I like the choice. It I find it interesting because I was very in the book later on, um, Armand and David become really close. And Armand and David like travel the world together and then eventually Armand changes David, the interviewer, into a vampire. So I thought it was a very interesting choice to have David be so old. And then there's the big reveal at the end of the season. So I was like, ooh, now I can't wait to see what they're going to do with this character. So like, as a fan of the books, I am very here for these cho- these choices that they're making because yeah. I'm, I am excited and engaged in a story that I know because I can't wait to be see it being told from a different person's perspective. Yeah. Like that twist um, of Armand at the end, like I, I was like, okay, he's probably a vampire. Like that much, I kind of assumed when they showed the flashback of him in the eighties. But then when they said who he was, I went, wait, 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 wait. And again, Valkyrie knowing this stuff, she goes, "You didn't pick up on that." I'm like, "Is that Antonio Banderas's character?" She goes, "Yes." I go, "Holy shit, this is great!" <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and then they ended like that. I'm like, "Oh fuck you guys." <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. But it was great because they brought another cute key player in right at the end and in a different way. And Armand was in love with Louis as well, so it's a very oh yeah. Louis the most human vampire. He's like so, and he never kind of comes to grips with it. Like he's just so human. Um, where the other vampires are very much vampire. So I find it he's kind of that just like X factor, you know? Yeah, and. I can't. So I say Wednesday, but I interview with a vampire may be my maybe the best show that I've seen this year. Um, but they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of neck and neck, and it's funny because they're both very dark shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but with interview with a vampire, it was it was like bloody. Like I, there was, oh, I text Lavelle. They had to. They had to have all that blood. And like you wouldn't in. Going in, but oh, you know what? AMC does have a they uh Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, they're good for like things like that. But I wasn't expecting like so much blood. Like at the end, how, the day, how, how are you not expecting that much blood? Oh, I was expecting buckets of blood. Like, oh, I was happy. I was like, I was like, oh, we're going there. Okay, cool. <laughs> it was because a lot of shows they water things down, like, so unless it's like on Amazon or like. HBO Max, like, I don't know what to expect from certain things. And I didn't think that they were going to go as hard as they did with this. Because, you know, they could do the vampire thing where it's like they bite a neck, but it's not like gushing blood. But with this, it was just like, it, they're going. Like, that's what it is. And I I didn't realize, like, okay, Bram Stoker's Dracula is my favorite Dracula Anything, anything that revol- involves a vampire, Bram Stoker is my favorite. And my uncle pointed out to me that it's more of a love story than anything else. 
Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is absolutely a love story. So and it's very monster fucker. (laughs) It is very monster fucker. Um, Dude, he fucking fucks Lucy as a beast. Like it's straight up werewolf on human action in that movie. I'm glad you brought that up because I remember (laughs) seeing it as a kid. And like I saw this movie when I was like 10 or some shit. (laughs) It's so sexual. It's so sexual. And then when he as as the wolf, no, you don't see me. Watching as an adult, I'm like, I watched this and I didn't have I didn't have nightmares watching this shit. But oh, was- Gary Oldman is brilliant, man. Brilliant in that movie. His and acting I- is just God, he's brilliant anyway, but like man, that movie. He's so fucking good. Like and everyone poops on Keanu Reeves and it was fun to do it. But like he wasn't awful. He's just surrounded by a bunch of people that are just so fucking good that there's not really much mm-hmm. you can do about that. No, and he played his naivete to a T, though. Yes. He was the naive, young, doesn't see the writing on the wall kid. Like, he played it great. I thought he was fantastic as well. Shit, I Yeah, no, I love that movie. I love that movie. But, but, um, but I, again, style choices changing and dictating with the characters. They made Claudia's first love the first guy she got excited about right as like a growing burgeoning woman she murders on accident that's a cycle the psychological ramifications of that for the rest of your life the one guy who you thought saw you and you killed him on accident because you got horny and couldn't hold back because you're a young fledgling vampire and you drank him to death like chef's kiss guys like one what a they had so many nuances i freaking loved it yeah like it was oh yeah so that's the reason i brought up so we all know that like vampires are sensual, sexual, but this was on a completely different level because it was eight episodes of vampire like sexuality, sensuality, horniness. And then like the how horny it can be to watch someone get like well really yep. murdered. Murder. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I'm like, okay, this I get it. Okay. And it was and it was tastefully done on top of all that. It was mm-hmm. it was they could do it over the top and tastefully. I don't know how that's possible considering that's an oxygen. Because I would no, because I would say true blood is ostentatious and and to the nth degree, right? I would say this would be tasteful whereas true blood was trash and it was like that on purpose. Right? Like it was trashy on purpose. I've been telling myself I'm because I never watch. I didn't finish the last three seasons of True Blood. I keep telling myself I'm gonna go back and watch it. Um, I have to start at the beginning. It's been so long. But yeah, it's but watching anybody who's listening, do yourself a favor. Even if you just get the free uh, weekly AMC Plus, you can get through Interview with a Vampire in a weekend. Like it's and if you have the oh, time, oh yeah, easily, easily. And if you and if you got the time, you won't you won't stop watching it. Like it's that good. I suggest watching it at night, just for the extra vibe. But interview. Yeah. Oh yeah, watching it at night would be even better. Yeah, just because it it gives you ambiance. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. I loved it, and I honestly can't wait for season two. Um, I hope they do a season two. If they don't, I will be writing a strongly worded tweet. <laughs> strongly, strongly worded tweet. No, honestly, I really freaking hope they put it. I, I really, really hope we get a second season. It's got such potential. 
Um, it opens up a whole new world too, because I mean, we're calling it interview with the vampire, but it doesn't have to stop after the end of the first book because then comes in the vampire Lestat and the vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned are almost one book, to be honest with you. It's a continuing story. So uh, the vampire Lestat starts out with, um, with, Lestat coming out of hibernation yeah. and starting his rock band, right? Because he's like obsessed <laughs> with the century and kind of wants to out himself as a vampire and piss off all the other vampires. And he awakens the old gods. But that book is all about what happened in the past. So you get a whole bunch of people's history. You get you see where Lestat comes from. You see how Armand oh. is made and how they come into being. You see all of that. And then queen of the damned happens which is the consequences of his actions after he wakes up so you now know all of the players and all of their backstories so it all makes sense so really books two and three are like one long one to be honest and they can roll right into each other like you could just continue this if if, if it does well enough they could finish interview with a vampire and then just keep going so I'm looking at now, um, I, I typed in Interview with a Vampire Show Renewed, and it goes, Dan Dermott, yes. president of original program for AMC Networks and AMC Studios, said in a statement, the scope and breadth of the show and what Mark Johnson and Ron Jones have delivered is just suspendous. It is getting renewed. Yes! Yes! That's so exciting. Yeah, like I... People, get on get on the train now. It's It's fucking good. It's really good. Um, I'm actually tempted to go back and rewatch it just because, like, I want to. I'd like to be able to watch it all at once. You know what I mean? Just kind of like binge mm -hmm. it. I'm trying to get Lavelle to watch it so we can talk about it because, like, like, yes, Lavelle, get on it. I honestly, I, I, as soon as I heard the first episode was coming out, they dropped the first episode for free, so I watched it weekly. So I, I had to wait, you know, in between. So I'm with you. I would like to just marathon it. Yeah, I hopped on. So I hopped on it late, but then I got caught up and I was pissed. And so I, shenanigans happened and I completely forgot to watch it. And then the next thing I know, Valkyrie's like, oh, we have interviewed Vampire. And the last two episodes were on. And I'm like, yes. Yes. So you just have to watch them both. That's good. You don't have to wait. Yeah. So now I don't know what, like, when it comes out, do I watch it episodically or do I just wait to binge it? Because you get shows like that or Lovecraft Country or. The, oh, God. Or the <laughs> I'm so upset with Lovecraft Country. <laughs> I'm not happy about that either. Or like the Watchmen, like the Watchmen, I was mad that like, granted, I'm glad they end. I, I'm not glad they ended it, but it was so damn good that I wish they would have continued it. Um, again, Regina King, anything she's in, I'm all for it. I I am too. And my only thing is, is that when Watchmen was coming out, there was just so much going on in the world, and I think it's necessary, especially for our palm colored friends, to be watching a show like Watchmen. Um, I just um I, I couldn't at the time um i i started the first episode and was like you know i need a break <laughs> so i need to go back and finish it i know it's phenomenal that's all anybody's talked about i know it's gonna be great oh, i love the first it? episode no i just couldn't go I, I at the time i was like i, I just need to not so, so if you go back and watch it i will go back and rewatch it with you and we can do another episode on this okay because i'm all for it and I know Valkyrie's up to watching it again too, but like uh, the Watchmen was really good. It's and I know some people were pissed and they was like it doesn't. I'm like yo, it's just look at it as an alternate reality, please. Just, mm -hmm. just yeah. That's, again, 
you can't if you're a fan of a, anybody who reads right comic books or regular books you mm-hmm. cannot go into seeing a movie and be like oh my god it's going to be my book or you will be sorely disappointed you have to think of it as an alternate universe or a different take on characters that you love right yeah. um and, and treat it as such or you'll never enjoy a movie ever did you ever. see um the newest black panther yeah Today okay. he came out. <laughs> okay, All right. so I bring it up. I bring it up to say this: there are certain characters that are better in the movie than they are in the comic books. If not for Black Panther, Okoye would not be a a character that you love in the comic book. Okoye had the power of the Iron Fist for about a month. That wouldn't happen if if uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to butcher. Um, I'll just look it up. Um, <laughs> like she, like she was so fucking good in that that she, she. I'm getting flustered talking about how great she was. No, the you, the, you, the acting in that movie is. I I was not expecting to cry in the first ten minutes. Right? Was oh, yeah. not expecting that. Right. I cried three times in that damn movie. Laughed like twenty minutes after I was crying. I it it the roller coaster of emotions. It was done so well. Like I cannot wait for it to come out. I don't buy movies anymore, but I will one hundred percent own this one. So it's gonna be on Disney Plus, but I swear to you, I'm probably just gonna buy it just so I can have like the physical copy somewhere. Like I have mm-hmm. a I have a Namor um, Funko Pop. Like I as soon as nice. I, was like, I was like, yo, he's probably my favorite character in MCU right now. Was... Okay, see, I didn't know he was in the movie. Okay, because I don't watch trailers. Oh, yeah! I, I don't watch trailers. So I, because I knew I was going to watch it. So I, I managed to avoid that. So when it, so not only when Namor came out on screen, I lost my mind. I, I was like, probably the only person in the whole theater who straight up gasped because it was surprising. But I was like, oh my God, no. Oh my God, like, holy crap, we're going to get Namor in a movie. And then, and then Ironheart. I lost my shit. I lost my whole shit. I had no idea it was such a good surprise. And this is why I don't watch trailers because that wouldn't have had nearly the impact had I known in advance. So, so I lost my mind. I was like, like literally shaking and clapping, and I was just like, I had such a great time. It was such a good ride. I'm jealous of that because I can't do that with certain things because I have to cover this stuff for writing. But first off. When he said his name was Namor, and I was like, "No love," I was, and then he explained why. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> I, <couldn't, laughs> I just I couldn't," and like, and he was just such a badass. Even at a at a as a twelve year old kid burying his mom, he was basically yep. like, "We're not yep. doing." Yeah, and he, every, so I teared up when the movie started. Oh, I... and, and then the Marvel logo came out, and it was. And that's when I broke. That's when the tear fell. I was like, my eyes yes. were already doing the water, and I was doing the big blink, right, trying not to cry. And then the Marvel logo came up, and it broke me. <laughs> yeah, it broke me. Same. I was like, Yo, what are y'all doing to me? So <laughs> then, I I had tears of pure happiness when Ramana addressed the world. When she put her dick on the table, it was like, here it is. Y'all can suck it. Oh, you didn't think I didn't know about this little heist y'all were going to try to do? When Oko- when they opened the door and Okoye stepped out, I got fucking goosebumps. 
Because Honestly, Angela Bassett should be winning an award for this. I, she did give her everything, hands down. Give her everything. The other time I flat out teared up and like had tears coming out was when she goes, "Haven't I given up enough?" And I was like, "Yo, like you," because it wasn't just her talking about her son and her father. That was Angela Bassett talking about losing someone that she was that she cared about. She lost Chadwick Boseman, so when she was channeling actual emotions for that shit. And- yeah, it was. I I thought that they handled and exposed and talked about grief in a way that we don't do in the mainstream. Yes. Like we don't talk about grief in the mainstream. We don't, we, especially as Americans, act like we're all never going to die anyway, right? Um, To keep up this facade. So I was really, I really, really appreciated that it wasn't just washed over and that you basically had a whole movie about Shuri processing her grief and that it's not cyclical or that it's not linear, that they don't, oh, I'm going to go through this stage, the anger stage, and then I'm going to go through yeah. the resentment stage and then I'm going to be through it and it'll be fine. That shit is cyclical. It comes fucking back, right? And I love mm-hmm. that that they addressed that and didn't gloss over it. And I thought that that was really important and I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. And again, I didn't watch any trailers, so I wasn't sure I went in blind. I had no idea what the movie was going to be, and it exceeded all my expectations. Yeah, like, I, like he walked out that water, and he was the whole time. And so Valkyrie was like, "Wow, Namor's an arrogant ass." I go, "Oh, this is him toned down. He's a lot worse in the comic book." But, yeah. but when he's, but when he, the way, so him and Shuri had this really like y'all should just fucking get it over with chemistry the entire movie, no matter how much. She hated everything that he did. She wanted to fuck him so bad. And he <laughs> wanted to fuck her so bad. But there was a moment in that movie where Namor was Thanos level scary. When he flat out told Shuri, if you don't let me kill her, I'm going to kill you and destroy. And I just, and all I could say to myself was, Holy fuck. Like they really like whoever created that particular scene, they knew like these like we don't want to have Killmonger may have stolen the scene, stolen the movie in the and may have stolen the first movie. It's up to interpretation. I think it was Okoye, but that's just me. They didn't it seemed like they didn't want another situation like Killmonger where they're kind of like, is he really the bad guy? Is he really not? But it's like you get him trying to protect Atl- um not Atlantis, because it's not Atlantis. You understand he wants to protect his kingdom, but you're like, you're gonna kill a college student, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So- I know, I know. And I and yeah, there is a little bit of the problematicness of the fact that it's like, you know, um these two basic indigenous cultures pitting them against each other, but literally no one else on the globe could even step to Wakanda. So that was the only way, the only way to actually even have there be stakes was to have it be Namor. Because otherwise there would have been no stakes. There would have been no fear. There would have been no drama of, oh, you know, something could actually happen to them. Because literally no other, no other civilization could step to Wakanda. The Tola Canil Canil is the name of the underwater kingdom of Tola Tola, Tola Khan and uh, my super american ass can't pronounce anything kuka kulan kukan is namor 
and I refuse to call him Namor. It's Namor. I don't care how Namor. That's how we pronounce. He's pronouncing it Namor. Like um, <laughs> um, um. All right, that's how we'll do it. Yeah. Did Mama name a Clay? I'm gonna call him Clay. But um, yeah. So movie was fantastic. Can't wait for come over. Uh, you probably got to go. <laughs> I'm looking at the time. You got stuff to do. Uh, before we go, please let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, shenanigans creations on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or Floorboard Slam on TikTok, and then I'm at the Tattoo Studio in Muncie. Oh, God! Please get out of please get out of Indiana. <laughs> uh, year and a half, year and a half. Uh, July 2024, we'll be out. I, I I have a I have a buddy in Indiana and he hates it there too. So like every they should just like just. Like it's like it's like Florida, the Northeast. Just cut that shit off and then send it send it adrift. <laughs> All right, uh, everyone. Okay. Thanks, for, thanks for listening, and as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Damn it, Wade.